This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots and helping them reach their aviation career goals. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here's your host, Carl Valeri. Aviation Careers Podcast, Episode 7, Why the Low Number of Female Pilots? An interview with Linda Meeks, founder of Girls with Wings. Ever wonder why you don't see many female pilots? I never truly reflected on this fact until one day while boarding the plane, a young girl pointed at the first officer and said, Look, Mom, a girl pilot. She then turned to me and said nothing. Upon further reflection, I realized a man with silver hair is more in line with what we see as an airline pilot. But why? After my flight that day, I decided to do some research. I discovered there are over 600,000 pilots, and only 6% are females. Additionally, only 3% are airline transport pilot-rated, or rated so that they can be a captain on an airline. I did a little more research after that and found that of the 500,000 non-flying, non-flying jobs in aviation, only 3.85% are women. So why are there not more women in aviation, and how do we attract more women to the field of aviation? To help me answer these questions, I'm joined with uh, Linda Meeks of GirlsWithWings.com. Hi, Linda. Hi, Carl. Well, uh, Linda is, uh, just to give you a little intro, is an accomplished pilot herself, a flight instructor, and she truly is an inspiration to all those who want to pursue a career in aviation. She's one of the key players in motivating young girls to pursue a career as a pilot, and is one of the truly shining lights in the flying world. If you're someone or someone you know wants to fly and they think they can't because they're female, well, you really need to hear what Linda has to say. So, Linda, why do you think there's not many female pilots right now? Well, I think there's not many female pilots right now because there haven't been a lot of female pilots um, since they first started gathering those statistics, they've been pretty much the same. Since 1929, 6% of pilots were women. 2012, 6% of pilots were women. So like you said, there's a perception that pilots are silver-haired men. This perception, though, that's fine, and that's that's been true in other industries throughout history. Um, but that hasn't really changed in this industry, has it? Not really, no. no. I didn't think so. But, uh, well, before we get into to all of that and how we can bring more people to this industry, let me, let's talk a little bit about your background, Linda. And you, you have a real varied background. So, you know, when and why did you become a pilot? I actually became a pilot for all of the quote-unquote wrong reasons. I didn't <laughs> grow up wanting to be a pilot, but I was in ROTC in college um, getting ready to uh, join the Army after graduation. And somebody told me that aviation was the toughest branch to get into. Now, mind you, this was after in ROTC, riding around in helicopters, having the helicopter pilots go nudge, nudge. We really need more female pilots. And it it never passed through the you know membranes in my brain to say, oh, yeah, I could do this. So, you know, until somebody said it was the toughest branch to get, you know, waving that red flag at me, I 
had no intention whatsoever of being a pilot. No, never a thought about it. So, you know, if that that's what it took for me to get introduced to flying was that little challenge. So that was a challenge that did it for you. It's like, I, I want to go into this because it's, it's the toughest one to get into. Yeah. Exactly. Now you I'm a little that, stubborn, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, that's good. <laughs> uh, persevere. You like to persevere. I like to say yeah. persistent. <laughs> the, um, now, you said Army. Now, Army, um, a lot of pilots in the Army are helicopter pilots. Is, is that what you flew? I, yes. When I showed up six months after putting in a request to get aviation, six months later, I was sitting there in a helicopter trying to learn how to fly it. So cool. what, right into the prior. Now, how, well, for some people that don't understand, how does that work? I mean, how do, you, how do you progress through the whole helicopter training? Do you start off in helicopters right away, or do you start with fixed wing? Now, in the Air Force, they do start with fixed wing, and in the Army, they don't. So what you do is, is you go out with an instructor, you, you and a stick buddy, um, and at the time we were flying Hueys. Um, you and a stick buddy, you get in the right seat with your instructor in the left seat. He brings the helicopter up to, up to a hover and gives you the controls. And you progressively, you know, you have like point three of a second before you, it goes out of control for you that first day. And then, you know, it depends on the person, but maybe a week later, maybe two weeks later, you're hovering the, the helicopter. And it really is just a matter of nobody can tell you how to do it. You just have to... Like they said, you push the hover button. One day, you just know how to hover that helicopter. You know, that's funny because in the civilian world, uh, you would never see that. When I first started taking helicopter lessons, it went uh, along the lines of, okay, don't touch anything till I tell you kind of thing. But I tell you, it's, you're right. Once you get that hover button, it's pretty cool. I still have not found the real comfortable hover button yet because <laughs> I've I actually uh, started my training for free and then went the other way and had to pay for it. So I had all these different types of aircraft. Boy, that is such a challenge. And you like challenges, yeah. as you can see. It's just hovering. I didn't realize that was the toughest part. It's hard to des- – how would you describe hovering? <laughs> well, when I do – for Girls with Wings, when I do presentations to girls groups, what I do is I tell them that – I ask them, if I were to take a basketball and put it on the floor and then put like a two-foot square piece of wood on the basketball, if I tried to stand on it, what do you think would happen? Of course, all the girls say you'd fall off. But if I practice long enough, do you think I could balance? And, the, you know, of course, yes. So – so it's really just kind of a balance thing. There's For every uh, control in the helicopter, they have to be in balance. And so even if you get them to the point where they're balanced, you're going to have a wind or, you're, or something's going to happen where you can't change one of those controls without changing another. So it's a constant kind of controlling act. I don't know about balance. I tell you, it, it, it seems like the people that get in them are, are unbalanced in a sense. It, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense to me. All these, these parts are flying in all these directions. And uh, right. you know, some people say that the helicopters are so ugly, they repel the earth. But I, I actually don't feel that way. I love helicopters. and <laughs> I do too. I wish I could have finished up my rating. Now, when, when you finished with this, you, you got your – well, wait a minute. In the military, is there a rating that you get uh, or you just complete the school? Is that how it works? You complete the school, but I did end up getting they have they actually kind of feed the um, flight students into the FAA system. So when I left flight school, I did have my commercial rotary wing license. Oh, cool! And uh, have you ever thought about becoming a CFI in the rotary wing? I have. You know, I pursued that because, of course, I got my CFI last year, and so I thought I would get the helicopter add-on. I only have 
417 hours as a helicopter pilot. And I guess the magic number is 500. So the flight school that I was talking to, they said, you know, we can we can train you, but nobody's going to hire you unless you have 500 hours. So I really kind of left that one alone. Wow, that's interesting. And for those uh, that don't know, CFI, that means Certified Flight Instructor. And and, uh, you get it both in the helicopter and the airplane. And uh, it's something that really is a challenge to get. And it sounds like you just completed that challenge a year ago. I felt it was uh, probably the toughest rating that I got as far as the oral exam and the flight test. Um, What did you think about that? Well, again, I learned to fly in the helicopter. And then when after my first duty assignment, well, during my first duty assignment in the Army, they actually transitioned me into the fixed wing. So I came back to the States. I was in Germany. Came back to the States. I got 30 hours and 182 just to keep the greasy side down in an airplane. And then I transitioned to a King Air. So, you know, I didn't do all of the single engine stuff, the solos, the maneuvers, whatever that people usually do um, to get your fixed wing rating. And so when I wanted to become a CFI, I literally had to find a flight instructor that understood that despite the fact that I have nearly 5,000 hours, you need to teach me. We need to start out as if I have no flight time whatsoever because I don't remember what those footrests down at the bottom are for <laughs> and, you know, P factor and all that other stuff. We had to go through all of that stuff all over again. Wow. It's, you know, it's funny you mention that because you see a lot of these airline pilots and you think, oh, boy, they can fly anything. You get them back into a small plane, they're just like that. You know, they could have five, ten thousand hours, and they need to be reminded of those rudders that are at the end. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, so now you were in the, the uh, Army, and then you decided to leave there. What happened after that? Well, I have to tell you a similar story to yours because this was so pivotal in my life. Um, I spent seven years on active duty, and when I was getting out, I mean, I've I've lived in Africa as an exchange student, whitewater rafting, skydiving, all this other stuff. I like to try new things all the time. And so when I was getting out of the Army, I thought, all right, let me try something totally new. And I, I figured it might not include flying. But then I was traveling on a commercial airplane, uh, airliner, and the captain made an announcement, the standard, you know, like, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be flying today, blah, blah, blah. And when he was done, there was a little girl sitting in the seat behind me. And I heard her ask her mother, why do you not ever hear any uh, girl pilots? And I, I just, it hit me like a ton of bricks that, no, I got to continue this flying thing. I've been given a great opportunity to do something that really was kind of unusual and, you know, that kind of led me into the whole thing about I, I need to get out there and be visible and, and talk to people about, yeah, girls are pilots, too. And that's a that's a great story. I really I, I love to hear when people are inspired by those type of things. And and I think you've done that. I think you've really inspired some people and, and, and well, some people, a lot of people and a lot of young girls to go into aviation who may never have thought of it before. And and that's terrific. I mean, that that's um that goes along with my next question as far as challenges into the aviation world with women. I mean, they, there are so many challenges, I think, in, with women right now. It's not as bad as before, I think. I'm not sure. But, but there are some roadblocks, and it may not be – I think it's more – it might be more uh, psychological. I'm not sure. But what do you think they are? I mean, what kind of challenges do they have in this, this quote-unquote, male-dominated industry? I think – 
it, like you said, I think a lot of it is uh, kind of, in a way, perceived just because it is such a male-dominated industry. I think a lot of um, girls and women think it's very mechanical and very tough, and and it's it's not. There are things I'm not mechanically inclined whatsoever. My lawnmower caught on fire yesterday, and and I <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I didn't know what to do with it, but. There are certain mechanical things, certain scientific things, whatever, to learn how to be a pilot. But women make very good pilots because we have a very good control touch. So you go through the the things that you have to do, the math and the flight planning and stuff like that, to get into the airplane and go fly. Women are just as competent as pilots as men are. So it shouldn't be an issue, but it is. And, and I think there is also another factor of, and I've said this since I became a pilot, um, some people will agree with me, some people won't. But I think that there are a lot of people out there that um, ask more of women because they expect less as of them as pilots. So I've had a lot of check rides where I've been asked to do some really tough things. And it seems like if I get into a new crew, I, I'm always kind of given a, a certain probationary period to see, oh, okay, yeah, she can really fly. And it really was clear to me when I was flying for a regional airline and in the National Guard flying helicopters at the same time. It was just actually it wasn't the regional airline. It was a fractional airline where when I was flying in the National Guard, I was flying helicopters and I would tell my co-pilots, usually men, that I flew jets for my full time job. And then I would tell the guys that I was flying the jets with that I flew helicopters in the National Guard. And it was always kind of like this, you know, big invisible check mark that, you know, got filled in as soon as that kind of um, those credentials were established. You know, that brings me to an experience that I had with a fellow flight instructor where this flight instructor, he actually would be tougher to a lot of the females. Uh, we did some initial flight training uh, for the Air Force. We were a contractor, and he would be really, really tough on this girl. And I was like, you know, why are you doing that? And he says, well, you know, she's going to have a lot more challenges down the line. And I was like, well... You know, do you really need to, the, you know, come on. <laughs> it's, you know, flying a plane is flying a plane. I mean, what's right. the matter that's a girl or a guy? I said, you're not going to arm wrestle her, you know? You know, and I said, <laughs> it's, and, you know, I just, I said to him, I said, what, what kind of physical attribute do you really need to fly an airplane? I mean, it's not, it, it's, it's more of a mental job. It's right. more, and, and like you said, it's, it, you said something before that's really important. The touch is important in flying. I'm glad you brought that up because it's not, you're not yanking and banking and pulling and it's really just a touch. You're just, you're not using much force. Uh, you know, possibly when you're doing a little bit of aerobatics, but it's not that much of a force. So as far as the, the physical part of it, Gosh, you know, I've seen some really small people get in airplanes and, and fly the heck out of them. You know, so <laughs> I don't think I don't think that should be a, a, an issue there as far as uh, physically being able to do anything. So it's really it's it's again up in the mind. And uh, yeah, but we put a lot of these challenges out there. I I can tell you one thing, and as a male, uh, there are certain things that are shared amongst male pilots when female pilots aren't around, or I know that. Uh, there's still a lot of uh, maybe I don't know if the word's animosity, or there's people that that aren't thinking properly. I think that they think that women sh still shouldn't be in aviation. And I was like, how can you say such a thing? You know, that, that's it's crazy. I just I, I don't I don't know if you've run across that because I'm sure that you know, like I said, I'm in an environment where you know guys will talk amongst guys the same, and they'll say things that they normally wouldn't say otherwise. Well, I. I put it 
this way. I have a uh, very good friend. We used to be captains at the regional airline together and still very good friends with uh, her today. And her husband is also a professional pilot. And I just remember so distinctly him saying to me one day, no matter what you think the guys think of you because of what they say in front of you, it's nothing compared to what they say behind your back, you know? Right. And so that, that was always just, it, you know, it's, it's horrible. It is. But I also think we women know that. And, and we're also so hard on ourselves. And I've seen that, especially as a flight instructor, the difference between the way men and women take instruction. Women will, they are not happy with being off of their heading or off the center line or anything you know, women are really tough on themselves and sometimes it's to their detriment. Right. And that makes sense because you're, yeah, if you're over, overly critical of yourself, I think it, it makes it tough to learn because you have to just accept things. Okay. I'm, I'm off, but I'm correcting that. I'm, and, and you're right. And, uh, I think that that's not good. That's a, that's a bad outcome there, but you can change that as long as you recognize you're doing that. Right. Um, it, it's interesting though, that probably get some hate mail for this, that, that we have so many men that do think that way. You know, I was in another industry for a while, and, and, and I never understood this because I went from a different industry to this one, and it wasn't dominated by males. And I'm like, gosh, you know, it's – I don't get it, <laughs> you know? And, and But that's – I think that's just the way people are – can be uh, uh, in general. But the problem is it's in this industry, and it hasn't really changed uh, so now let's look at it from another another angle, okay? So let's not think about the just the men that think that women shouldn't be in it. That's the women that yeah. don't think they should be in it. So let's look at it from that angle. And, you know, how is it that we tell women that this isn't just for men? I mean, it, that might be their perception. You know, what do we do there? Well, it, and I do this in my um, presentation for Girls with Wings is I basically take an hour and walk girls through air quotes, everything you need to know to be a pilot. And because it seems very intimidating, I whip out a poster of a um, steam gauge 172 cockpit and it looks, you know, the gasps of, oh my goodness, this is so complicated, you know, and then just sit there and just piece by piece, break it all down. And at the end of it, I say, because I've, I've asked them, do you think you could figure this out? And they invariably say no. So at the end, I reinforce to them that if you take this stuff just a little bit of it at a time and build it onto the next level, you, you can do this, you can do this and you can do anything else you want in life. So it, it can be very intimidating. Um, you know, all that magic that happens over the cockpit, but it doesn't have to be. So a little explanation is sometimes necessary. Right. Well, just, just because aviation's magical, doesn't mean it's pure magic when you're flying. Yeah, and right. I, I think that's the, you have to relate that to people. It's like anything else, you know, one little piece at a time, and you can eat the whole elephant. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I think that's really cool what you do there and uh, with the girls, and you t- tend to look towards younger girls. I think maybe from that experience you had. Now, girlswithwings.com. What is that? Um, well, first of all, just to backtrack how you said starting the girls pretty young. And, and the reason I do that is because I think we need to start them young. And one of the reasons that I started Girls with Wings, which was something way different even 10 years ago, was originally I wanted to have aviation-themed merchandise for girls because as a pilot, 
I couldn't find anything from my nieces with an airplane on it. So that was kind of my first indication, like what kind of message are we sending girls if if they can't buy a pink airplane or something? And we can we could get into the whole you know color specific thing, but we don't have to do that. But so that was how I originally started was just making it open to girls so that they grow up knowing that aviation is a perfectly acceptable career choice. Because I think if we wait till high school and we talk to them about their career opportunities, just like I did in ROTC, they're not going to have any framework to say, oh, yeah, I could be a pilot. So I, I have the Girls with Wings website that's designed for girls to start them young. There's games, there's coloring pages. For the older girls, there's nearly 90 role models on there in various fields of aviation because it's not just about becoming a pilot. There's air traffic controllers and mechanics on there. So you can read about what different women do in the industry and send them emails if you like. Um, We have scholarships. We just closed our last scholarship window, but we're actually trying to pay it forward and actually get more girls into the cockpit. So just a, a multitude of ways to interact as far as aviation goes. You know, it's interesting you brought that up. There are so many jobs. We're talking a lot about flying careers right now, but uh, in general, there's many, many jobs out there in aviation. Um, Recently, I spoke with uh, some mechanics. Uh, There was uh, an organization out there, the Women uh, Mechanics Association, I think it's called. But the thing that I took away from this, from our conversation and what you just said, is the fact that a lot of people... They look at the airplanes, they look at mechanics, and but they never really understand much about how to become one. And see, what you're doing and what some of these other organizations have done is they've actually introduced people to what it takes to become a pilot, become a mechanic, become an air traffic controller. And they're sitting there like, well, gee, you know, I can do that. You know, the person listening to this. And right. I think, and that's something that I never thought of when this person from this mechanics organization told me that. I was like, yeah, you're right. You know, how many, when I looked at flying myself, I was into models and model airplanes and fascinated by aviation and rocketry. But I never thought I could do it myself because, see, I, I wore glasses. And mm-hmm. my perception was you can't fly airplanes if you wear glasses. Well, someone came up to me and says, no, no, anybody can fly airplanes. But it wasn't. It was because of that person telling me that you could do it that I actually went out and tried it. And right. same thing with what you're doing here is you're saying, well, no, every anybody can go out and do this, and you can go out. And I'm introducing you to this career because you're right. When you start with with children, they they really get that in their mind. That's what they want to do for their whole life. It's, yes. It's, and you know, it's like I, I look at my you know I, I use my father as an example. He said he knew he wanted to be a doctor since he was six years old. I said, six years old? That's incredible. But, you know, there are. There's a lot of people that figure that out when they're really young, and they always think, hey, I want to be a fireman. I want to be a pilot. And uh, and for the rest of their lives, they, they think about pursuing that, and they do it. Yes. Uh, I kind of wish I did that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and had that drive to go forward. As far as challenges, we talked about challenges in this in this male-dominated industry and hiring and things like that and training. The the other thing, though, that we have to look at is is overcoming those challenges. How does someone overcome those challenges, and, and where can they turn to uh, to overcome them? I think there's some organizations out there. I, I know a few, but maybe you can recommend a few, possibly? Uh, as far as um, organizations for women in aviation, mm-hmm. i.e. women in aviation, is, what? <laughs> Is, uh, is a very large organization. It's got to be the largest organization, but it's it's designed for um, 
mostly careers in aviation and not again not just pilots but they do have a very active networking hiring um, program big scholarship program and they have an annual conference every year so women in aviation is a good place to start as far as joining an organization um, to network and not just women pilots either. They actually really support men in the industry as well. So that's one. Uh, 99s is another organization. They were formed in 1929, and they're called the 99s because their original membership was the 99 uh, women pilots that formed it. Their first president was Amelia Earhart. So they're a more um, social organization, I would say. They do have professional aspects to their organization. So that's another one. I'm also a member of Whirly Girls, which is an organization of female helicopter pilots. Whirly Girls? <laughs> Whirly Girls, yeah. There's uh, Ladies Love Tail Draggers. I'm trying to think of some more just off the top of my head. Well, we'll have these in the show notes. You're, you're probably <laughs> going to have to send me these links. <laughs> I didn't realize there were some Whirly Girls and Ladies Love Tail Draggers. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. What else can you – I mean, I'm trying to think. I said, uh, you can come up with some just sitting here. You know? <laughs> uh, there's – there's women military aviators as well. well oh, okay. uh, and then I don't know if you're familiar at all, but they're mm, it's maybe the third year of uh, women, uh, women of aviation worldwide. Mm-hmm. And sure. it's an organization that was um, to recognize the anniversary of the first woman pilot in the last, you know, 100 years. And uh, so what they do is they put on a special week where they try to get the most females up in the air, girls and women. And the woman who started it is a Canadian woman, and she's been hugely successful at really increasing women getting into the airplanes. Yeah. Girls with wings doesn't. Do, Girls with wings doesn't really provide flights or anything. The Young Eagles do, does that, and other organizations. So we take advantage of that, but we don't provide flying. Yeah, I tell you, that is a great organization. Uh, uh, Victoria Neuville, our co-host yeah. of the Stuck Mike Avcash, she uh, actually is really key in, in putting that together. As a matter of fact, um, this year I was involved with uh, bringing it live from Frederick, Maryland. Uh, there you go. Well, Len and I, and I, I tell you, that is a terrific. We, uh, I think they, not we, but they flew uh, hundreds and hundreds of girls, like 300-something girls that day in Frederick, nationwide right. and and. and Throughout the world, they flew many different uh, girls and, and introduced a lot of young people to aviation, which was terrific. Whatever it takes. I mean, I, I don't – by no means do I ha- want a monopoly on trying to get girls in aviation. I think every organization needs to work together because, like I said, if if we haven't improved on the number of female pilots since the 1920s, we've got to try something different. Anything that we can do w- would help. So – Got to work together on this one. <laughs> oh, that's for sure. That's for sure. And that that's a terrific organization. But Girls with Wings, I I think that's a that's a cool website, and, and I think that really does target the the really young younger girls, and even girls that may not even be eligible to go on some of these flights. I'm not sure if there's an age limit on those flights or not. Do you know? On the Young Eagle flights? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I forget. Um, I go, Young Eagles is eight to seventeen, I believe. Oh, okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So one one of the things we did, actually two years in a row now, we've done what's called an Aviation Inspiration Day out of Minneapolis, St. Paul. And so what we did is, uh, I had the usual Girls with Wings presentation, but what we did is after the girls got their quote-unquote pilot's certificate, they were able to go out to the ramp and get on a Young Eagles flight. And what was really great about the working together of that was that 
the young eagle pilots before we had done this last year they kind of were pretty reluctant to you know be part because they were male of course i didn't get any female pilots but um they were pretty reluctant to you know make a special deal just for the girls well after the event they were so excited and begged to do it again this year because they said the difference in the girls were so was so huge because usually when they would fly girls on a young eagle flight they were kind of reluctant to do it because they were only there because their brother wanted to go fly and after the girls with wings presentation where they had been really introduced to being a pilot now it was like all right not only do i want to fly but i want to sit in that front seat cuz i know what i'm doing here you know so it's just again it was just giving them that little knowledge you know and letting that grow into something bigger. And, and even if they don't become a pilot, even if they do it something else, just giving them the inspiration to try something that may seem a little bit too difficult to begin with. I think that's great, just introducing them to something new, period. Yeah. Um, that, that's wonderful. Just uh, was wondering, is there anything else you want to tell the girls before they, or, or anybody, I guess, really getting into aviation, but specifically younger girls about flying? I mean, if they're looking at it and they think it might be too difficult. Is there anything that you could tell them to do uh, to, to look towards a person, a thing, a website, et cetera? Where would you tell them to go first? Oh, well, girls with wings. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I, I think that uh, a lot of the feedback I get from the girls and women is there's a huge element of being afraid as far as thinking about flying. And so one of the things that I always try to emphasize is because is that fear is usually because you're unfamiliar. So there is nothing more empowering to than to get over something that you're afraid of. Um, how can you not, if you get your pilot's license, how can you not look at anything else in your entire life and think, I overcame this challenge and became proficient at something. I can do anything at this point. So I, I just really encourage girls to get out there, get a discovery flight, get a young eagles flight, whatever, and just give it a shot. And you know that advice works for everybody, just like you said, the girls yeah. especially we're talking about today. But anybody who's interested, those same challenges, you know, they're like it's too difficult, you know, I don't think I can do it. There's there are so many avenues out there, so many opportunities, I should say, to to get these introductory flights. We just have to get out there and tell them about it. I think the girls with wings is great. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, before we end today. The, my recommendation, and we usually have three different segments of the show, and the third thing is our recommendation. It is actually girlswithwings.com, and, and we just went over this, and it's, uh, it actually is, is it's entertaining, and it's informative, it's, it's quite inspirational, and I just really encourage anybody that's interested, especially young girls, or anybody that has a young girl that's interested in aviation to go there and take a look at this website. It's called girlswithwings.com. And you can actually talk to Linda if you want, and and she'll if you send an email in, you might even get to say hi to her. Um, I also wanted to recommend something else that's on your website, and it's something that you actually authored, and it's actually called Penelope Pilot and her first day as captain. And this actually is something that's focused towards uh, children between ages of five and eleven, and maybe maybe you could tell us a little bit about this book, this Penelope Pilot. Well, let me put it this way. I remember when I said, told some people I was going to write a children's book, 
Um, and they laughed because I, I thought it was going to be much easier to write a children's book other than, you know, rather than the great American novel. And it's because it's so difficult to put together the illustrations and everything and make it age appropriate. But the concept of Penelope Pilot is just I always tell the girls the best thing about flying is getting up while it's still dark and seeing the sunrise from the sky. And so that was kind of the basis of writing the book. And it just talks about how Penelope goes to the airport and gets ready for her flight. And so um, it is structured for kids ages 5 to 11. And, and the reason why it goes so the, for the older kids is because on every page there's an aviation term that's um, defined. And so it is a, a book that I wrote for girls, but it's also completely appropriate for boys. There's no anti-boy stuff in there, but I do have a lot of uh, people buy it for boys. And I love that because it's not just a book for girls, because if boys grow up knowing that girls can be pilot to, pilots too, that's just so much the better. Well, that's great. That's a great description. I, I think that I'm going to have to go out and give that to some, some young folks that uh, – that I know that want to actually learn about flying. And I, I think that's cool. I didn't realize that you, you'll learn a new term on each page. That's cool. I think it's yeah. awesome that you do that. The one thing that struck me, though, my favorite thing about the book is actually the illustrations. I know the writing's terrific, too, and it's inspirational. But, wow, and even your website. I mean, the colors are terrific. And uh, it just, when I looked at it, I was like, oh, wow, it really pops out at you. Um, and it's, a, it's, a, it's what I would think of if I was going to try to look at a, a website with Penelope Pilot on there. And uh, what was really funny uh, when I discovered this Penelope Pilot book was that I've actually met you and seen you before. And, I, and we've talked, I mean, it's Sun and Fun and a few other things. I looked at the book and I said, boy, you know, this kind of looks almost like, like it would be you when you were younger. And, and I had no idea that you were the one that wrote it. And it's funny because maybe somehow, uh, did you design it that way to be like you? <laughs> I, no, I, the, I had an idea of what I wanted Penelope to look like. She's kind of a, not really a woman, not really a girl kind of thing. And I just wanted her kind of the anti, the anti Barbie, uh, just so I could stick that out there. But, okay. you know, just, uh, you know, just brown hair friendly kind of girl whatever and that's how she came out and uh, trust me i've heard it more enough times that i know that there must be some kind of resemblance because people say that a lot yeah it's like you, you would think of you when you were younger you know yeah. that's the first thing i thought of so that that's cool at least it's not just me saying it but <laughs> the, but now linda where where can people uh get in touch with you if they want to get more information about uh, girls with wings and anything else that you have that's coming out and and where can they find uh this book that you have well girlswithwings.com is the main website and then on there is a link to the store uh it's actually shop.veryimportantpilots.com because very important pilots has the license to sell girls with wings merchandise and then you can also find me on Twitter at Girls with Wings. And then we have multiple Facebook pages. So look for Girls with Wings. Look for Penelope Pilot on Facebook. Cool. And, and we'll have them definitely go out there. And we'll have that in the show notes so you don't have to write that down right now. Uh, well, you know, Linda, thanks so much for being here. I really appreciate it. And you've really been inspirational to me hearing your story and I'm sure to some of our listeners. And if you want, if they want to get in touch with you, they can go to your website, girlswithwings.com and Facebook and Twitter. Also, if, if people have questions, they can contact me and I'll, I'll definitely forward them to you. And maybe, you know, in the future we could possibly have you on again. That'd be terrific. 
That would be great. And of course, if anybody's going to Oshkosh, oh. uh, we will have a booth there, Hangar A, 1058. So, okay, cool. Come and say hi. Definitely will do that. But uh, again, it's if you can't make it there, if you can't make it to the air shows, uh, that's one thing that you do is uh, you do make it out to a lot of air shows, and I think that's yes. terrific. And uh, we'd love love to see you out there because they and, and the booth is is really does stand out too. It's all purple and everything. So, <laughs> again, thanks, Linda, and uh, thanks. To you, our listeners, for listening to Aviation Careers Podcast. If you have any questions, I really do encourage you to contact me. Any questions, comments, suggestions, suggestions for future shows, maybe questions for Linda. Just go to the website, aviationcareerspodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Aviation Careers Podcast. Twitter is actually Flying Careers. It's at Flying Careers or Careers, or you can get us uh, at by email, just clicking on the uh, contact form on aviationcareerspodcast.com. Just remember to keep your goal in mind, keep looking forward, keep walking towards that goal. And if you're a girl and you're a pilot, you should go out and look at girlswithwings.com. And remember, you too can fly. You've been listening to Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although hosts or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy Wheeler, All Rights Reserved.